What is going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad podcast. My name is Chad, and this week we were joined by Ian Hudson of the band Coldswell. So Coldswell is an alternative slash shoegaze rock band from Cleveland, Ohio. And if you don't know what that means, you're not alone. There's a lot of people who aren't necessarily sure of that genre, quote unquote. But uh, bands that I thought of were like Apple Seedcast. And honestly, it's really cool sound. It's very unique to them. And honestly, I, I'm really a big fan. Ian's a really cool guy. It was a lot of fun getting to, to know him. And if you guys, you know, go check them out. They've, they recently released a few singles from their new upcoming album. So you can always go check those out. One is Fairweather as well as another Good Enough. And then the new album will actually be dropping in just about two weeks. Uh, so be sure to check it out when it does drop. I'll be sure to have that link in the description below. And before we jump on in, remember, hit them up on Facebook, on Instagram. And then while you're at it, swing on over to the Beyond Rad podcast page and a like, a follow. And if you like what we're doing here, a share is always helpful. You guys rock. And without further ado, let's just jump right on in. So you uh, you do full time with like the electronics, like waste stuff, or do you do like a part time or what's the gig there? Oh, that's that's full time. Just, you know, to to get me by, you know, pay the bills, all that sort of thing. Get my get myself up on my two, on two feet. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, um, yeah, teaching is is more of uh, what I studied in college for a point in time. And, you know, it's always been something I've, I've enjoyed. So that's awesome, that, dude. Yeah. So they just like Thank private, you. you just do private lessons or do you do like um, a structure, like in a class or what is the, the process there? Um, so far it's private lessons. Every so often the uh, place I work for has me do like uh, group classes and whatnot, but that's cool. That's been pretty rare lately. Got it. Well, dude, thank you so much for uh, for joining me on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> so uh, so obviously you'd mentioned just uh, briefly that you went to college for uh, for like the music teaching stuff. Um, tell me a little bit about like about yourself and, you know, who you are. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure. Um, well, I'm I am uh, me, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, to introduce myself, uh, my name is Ian Hudson. I play bass for uh, the band Cold Swell. Um, let's see. So, hmm. I actually met the guitarist at, um, at school. I had, um, he and I were studying music technology, um, prior to me um, studying music education at uh, Kent State. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's what's music technology? Is that like production? Yeah, it's production. Um, basically what it's like to, you know, be a composer for commercial music and oh, cool. whatnot and work with um, certain digital audio workstations and stuff like that and synthesis and... Um, general songwriting, um, 
And then there's another side to it um, uh, that is audio recording, basically learning how microphones work, learning how to set them up, work in a studio environment. Um, Interesting for clientele and whatnot. So yeah. you probably you probably learned about like the uh, the waves, like the sound waves, and how how best to make sure that you're you're positioning things to to ensure good quality sound. Is that? Oh yeah, yeah. That's cool. Basically, yeah. That kind of stuff yeah, intrigues yeah. me. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of um, yeah we uh, took a few science courses there just to learn how waves propagate um, through different surfaces and different areas and whatnot. It uh, it was it was pretty interesting. Yeah, not too much math. Not the greatest math, but it wasn't (laughs) too too heavy on that. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I mean the the extent that I have with waves. So I got a business degree. So I I dealt a lot with sine and cosine waves, like for graphs, right? For like graphing statistics and whatnot. So (laughs) that's about the extent that I have with uh, you know the especially with like the the law of averages, right? You're dealing with the with the wave there with, you know, the, the bulk of people that live within the 70% in the middle between, you know, the two extremes and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, I, the, the waves that's, it's, I've always thought it was so cool. Like the concept of like, of production, cause there's just so much involved in every little step of the process and like how different microphones pick up different sounds, like, um, like a ribbon microphone versus, uh, like a um i don't even know what the other like there's a bunch of different types but i don't even know a whole lot <laughs> but it's cool to me oh it's it's easy to pick up you know there's there there are quite a few um you know you got cardioid you've got uh dynamic all that sort of thing um and you know ribbon and, yeah um whatnot so yeah um and there is it's uh, some of it is trial and error depending on what kind of sound you're getting for. I know when we were uh, making, uh, making our album, it was a lot of, um, okay, let's, let's mic up the drums with all these sorts of things, but let's have tons of room mics and place them all over the place. We don't know where we're going to, what we're going to get out of it, but it might give us something interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It didn't so much, but it was, it was worth a try. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, the the thing that like got me super interested you mentioning like the drums it was actually so years ago when blink 182 released their their self-titled album um they also like i got the deluxe edition and stuff and there was like um a bunch of a bunch of like footnotes about how they wrote different parts of the songs and did different things and one of the things that i thought was so cool was uh um that song feeling it is like one of the main songs off the album but they literally put the microphone, um, it was rotating in a circle for the drums. And so as they were picking up the drums, it was, it was rotating. So it'd pick up the sound differently. And so when you yeah. like, when you hear the swelling, like the, the kind of the swelling and in and out of the drums on that song, it was because they literally made the microphone spin in a circle while they recorded the drum part. So like that kind of stuff is just so cool to me. And so when you said, you know, you guys were working on placement and stuff, I'm just like, that's, there's so much art involved in, in all of that process. So I think that's rad. There is, there is. And <laughs> yeah. I don't think we could pull off an apparatus like that. That would be, that would be a cool thing to try it. I'll have to listen, listen to that. I'll yeah. Yeah. Just, just like I said, it's, doing. yeah, it's the song feeling it. And you, I'm sure you can like, you can like Google 
like the process that they did or whatnot. Cause I know they did like a bunch of videos of the process and things, but, but that was one of the things that stood out to me is they literally put the microphone, they made the microphone rotate in a circle while he played the drums and it just made the, obviously the audio pickup changes when you do that. And so I just thought that was pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. So, uh, so I'm assuming that you, you graduated from Kent state then. Yes. Awesome. So, uh, I guess the, was the degree in the, uh, the music technology or did you switch degrees or. Um, I was planning on switching degrees. Well, not, well, I was planning on actually going for two degrees. Um, so my degree, my, um, official degree is in music technology with a dual concentration in, um, music production and audio recording. That's awesome. And then I, and then actually, uh, funny you said you're a business major. I actually have a business management minor. <laughs> oh, awesome. So you're like yeah. all around. That's rad, man. You could just start your own little production company, dude. Just do some music production and stuff. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Or just, you know, composition would be great too. So when you, yeah. when you say composition, you're saying like a full, uh, like, you're talking about composing an entire like orchestra, well, maybe not an orchestra, but an entire um, ensemble, right? Not just a single instrument. You're talking about the whole entire, the whole entire ordeal, right? Oh, it could be for anything. Um, it just depends on what instruments you need for the job. I mean, some composers you use nothing but synthesizers. Um, I mean, you know, like Vangelis or Wendy Carlos or something like that, or Daft Punk. I mean, um, or you could use you know, you could be a, a go full Hans Zimmer on it and have, yeah. you know, 50 percussionists and, um, however many strings and, you know, go from there. It, it just depends on what your commission, but most composers do, um, at least with, you know, how, how big the industry is and how, the home recording setup has kind of enabled a lot of people to create. Yeah. It's kind of limited to, you know, in box stuff sometimes because, you know, you have to hire, um, hire musicians and sometimes that can get expensive depending on oh, yeah. what kind of thing you're working on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's, that's yeah. so, that's, that's so cool to me. Cause like, so my, my brother-in-law, he's really, really big into, into like video game and movie composition. So like he not, composing but the he's he's a, a big you know listener he he's a he's very um he goes to those you know like the when orchestras will do you know uh an entire like he went for one for example he went to atlanta to see an orchestra perform all of zelda all of the music from zelda um as an orchestra and so he would always talk to me about because i love music and so he would kind of talk to me about like about like han zimmer and you know um what's his name? Williams, who, who did star Wars. Um, and he would kind of explain, you know, what a lot of these things look for. And I was like, man. And, and as I started like looking at it, there's a lot involved in that whole process. Yeah. That's it. So for, for you, what are, who are some of like the, the composers who are like the gold standard or, or the ones who like kind of inspire you the most? Oh boy. Um, Let's see. Um, as far as um, classical music goes, um, 
I'd say I would, I'd say Franz Schubert and um, Arnold Schoenberg and Anton Webern are pretty high up there. Um, and then as far as probably contemporary, just contemporary musicians, again, because I try to have my, you know, there are two total, uh, totally different mindsets I have usually. Yeah. Um, when I'm listening to classical music, because that's a lot of what I studied when I went for music ed, but then you study, you know, contemporary music, pop music, rock music, all that sort of thing, indie music, when you're in music tech. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes you a, a little more, I don't want to say well-rounded, but, you know, a little, it broadens your horizons in both ways. Um, yeah, As far sure. as that's concerned, you know, when I'm writing for Cold Swell, let's say, my influences are a little more towards, um, like, post-punk and 90s indie music, um, very much like uh, Joy Division is one of my biggest influences. Awesome. Um, as far as rock music goes. And then um, I've, been, I've been listening to a lot of placebo lately, placebo. And um, let's see, REM is actually probably the newest thing I've been getting into lately. Awesome, um, man. That's yeah. A, that's a throwback. I, 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 I used to listen to R. Well, my, my sister used to listen to REM and, and I would listen along because of it. <laughs> <laughs> so so if you were to like let's say you're you know you're you're sitting down you're just wanting to just relax listen to music is there like a specific genre or certain bands that you that you like kind of um gravitate to um let's see on a nice day where i'm just trying to relax normally i i um don't have music on because I'm constantly listening to music. That's the sad thing about having gone to school for five years studying music and working in a place where they've got um, music playing. Sometimes you just want silence. Yeah. Hate to make it sound like a cop out, but no, no, I'm really, that's, that's awesome. I, I, I mean, I think a lot of people would agree with, with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if I'm, you know, just trying to relax and I just want something that I've listened to before plenty of times and whatnot, normally I, um, one thing that actually really does help me relax is a musician. She is a, uh, she's been around for a little while and her project is called Bat for Lashes. Okay. Um, yeah, she, she, um, Natasha Khan is her name. She's very, uh, very spiritual. Um, So when I'm just, you know, trying to, you know, relax, uh, light a candle, drink some tea, she's always nice to listen to that or, you know, um, any sort of just interesting classical music. Like I said, if I want to, you know, try to listen to something off the beaten path that I'm not, you know, constantly listening to in order to help influence my uh, um, writing for the band, normally I'm listening to... um, you know, just uh, let's see. Last time I was relaxing, I was listening to Gustav Holst. Okay. Um, yeah, he's he's pretty good. And then um, and a little, again, a little bit of uh, Schoenberg. 
it just it just depends on the day and what I'm feeling, and if I'm really feeling, you know, like getting pumped and you know going uh, going out for a night about the town or something like that. Normally, I'm listening to like um uh, like late '80s like synth heavy pop music or something <laughs> like that. That, that music's and, always fun, man. <laughs> yeah, total juxtaposition. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's awesome though. Like, I'm, I'm always, I'm always fascinated because where, where I am not writing music, there's like the the process of of listening to music. I feel like changes based upon where you're at, and the the way you said it was uh, was was really well done because realistically, you know, the more you're surrounded by music all the time, the more you kind of, you kind of need to step away in order to, to stop that stimulation. Right. And so for someone like me, who's not writing music, who, who's like, I I listen to a lot of audio books anyway, just cause like, that's a great way for me to kind of keep my brain going. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but when I'm like listening to music, it's easy for me. I just get to turn on, you know, my, my favorite pop punk band or my favorite singer songwriter or who I've been into the most lately is, is lights in motion very similar to uh, kind of like explosions in the sky, all uh, um, instrumental, very, um, very uh, kind of composer esque music where it's, but it's a lot more modern, you know uh, but it's yeah. uh, that it's funny to me that that concept that I get to kind of listen to that stuff and not have to worry about kind of overdoing it for myself. So that's, that's a, that's a concept that I, I think most people probably wouldn't understand how, how heavily involved you've been in music. It's kind of, it's, that's a lot of time and, and a lot of thinking. And uh, when, when you like sit down and listen to a song, are you, are you pretty analytical about that? Like just kind of naturally now as you've studied it so much? Um, yeah, yeah, I'd say depending on what, what I'm listening to, um, I, I do like to analyze the instrumentation. Sometimes I'm pretty hard on lyrics. It's kind of funny. Um, and I'm a horrible lyricist, which makes it even better. (laughs) Um, yeah, it, um, when I'm first listening to something, you know, I'm just trying to get a taste for it. You know, when I'm uh, like when I was listening to REM not too long ago, it's like I I've heard so much about them. I you know I've heard you know most of what's off Green and what yeah. was most popular when they were um when they were releasing stuff in the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, but I never really delved into them um as much as I would have liked to. So um just getting into the nitty gritty can take a few listens. Yeah, for sure. Um, really figuring out what, what I really like about something and what I don't like. Um, when I, right before I started really getting into placebo, for instance, I, you know, I would be just listening to them, um, while I was uh, cleaning up my room or something, doing chores and I, it, not really paying attention to it. But after a few listens, giving it a second try, you know, it, and I do that with everything, um, whether it, it it's a movie, whether it's a food, whether it's, um, you know, an album or something like that. Yeah. Um, I always give everything the benefit of the doubt and give it a second try. And some people even do like rules of three, third times the charm. And you now maybe it takes a third time to really listen to something. And 
enjoy it. And, um, I mean, ironically enough, that's, uh, that's how, uh, taxi driver actually passed, uh, through the censors. Oh yeah. They were, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just desensitization sometimes or, you know, getting, getting used to experiencing something over a set period of time and beginning to like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that happens a lot to like, there, there have been a many times where I, where I'll listen through something like, okay, that's good. And then, you know, the third, fourth or fifth time I hear something, I'm like, actually, you know, that's, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's and like, it, I could get into more of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it kind of, for me, at least it, it kind of puts me down this rabbit hole of like, of like diving into, to bands that are similar or genres that are that maybe something I haven't really dove into before. And I start to kind of, experience something new and find, Oh, I'm, I'm actually, you know, a big fan of this style or this, this band or things like that. Because a lot of times in the, you know, just kind of the, by nature, we're just so overwhelmed by options that, uh, that it's easy to, to either let that initial impression determine everything or just to not even give it a second thought because you have something else to listen to right away. Right. And so, yeah, exactly. And I mean, the fact that you you're going back and like listening, I mean, REM that's years and years ago that they, that they, I mean, they've released so much music over the years. And uh, you know, the fact that you're going back through, it says a lot to first off, what they've accomplished as a band is, is obviously huge. But then the, the fact that, that, um, it kind of shows, well, there's always, there's always something that, that you miss, right? Yeah. (laughs) And you get caught up in something you could have missed out on, on some of your favorite music or like, you know, whether that's like, for me, like seeing older, you know, older classic movies that I didn't watch growing up now watching them like, dang, why didn't I, why didn't I watch that? You know? (laughs) And so it's that kind of concept. And so I think that's, I think that's really interesting. Um, and and as you like have have kind of um, been been listening to a lot of music and, and obviously, like you said, there's kind of the two different, maybe I guess three different kind of mindsets probably of, of when you're listening to music. One is is potentially that that relaxation, just going to to kind of get yourself into into a more calm or relaxed mood. One may be just kind of the the listening in kind of in passing, I guess you could say, maybe for lack of a better term, kind of just like it's there while you're there. Um, and then there's the active listening while you're trying to look for music or inspiration for your band. Can you explain a little bit more about that kind of listening? Cause I think that's, that's a different way to listen to music than, than most people listen to music. Yeah. Um, I think it goes back. <sighs> A lot of when I was very young, I used to listen to the radio constantly to try to find things about songs that I liked. Uh Um, I liked this drum beat. I liked this sort of guitar line. I liked um, that riff that the bassist played or that synth patch. I liked that sound and this sound. And again, and the more you get into that, the more you study it, the more you're able to describe what's going on. Um, yeah. as you're learning and 
it's it's just been an ongoing process for me uh, since I was since I was little since I could really remember listening to music. Yeah. So um, I began active listening at a very early age and just kind of put together things that I really liked. That's awesome. Um, overall, um, with the band, um, with how I've been writing lately, um, it's been more of me trying to figure out what the other guys are listening to in order to try to influence how I write. Okay. Um, because before, um, Evan, the guitarist, and I really started delving into songwriting and whatnot. I mean, he was writing most of the music himself. Um, and I, you know, contributed a few songs myself, but they were a little, not, I don't want to say off color, but they weren't exactly stylistically with what he was writing. So, yeah. Um, so, the past few years I've been thinking, okay, how do I make it a little bit more like how we want to sound or how we should sound that are, that's a little less, you know, um, like me would, uh, or a little less me, I guess. Yeah. To say, and a little more, um, cold swell, you know, to say, um, See, and that's, I, that's an interesting concept yeah. too, is, is obviously the band is, a, a style and you are mm-hmm. a style. So meshing those together, it, it, that's something that always interests me because, um, just kind of what you were saying, you, you, you listen to what, what they're listening to, to try and get on the same page. And, um, while you were, while you were doing that, um, ha, was it, did it make it more natural for you to write music or did it, did it kind of like, jar you and kind of like feel unnatural to, to continue writing. Oh no, it felt very natural. Um, my thing is why, um, the guys, uh, the guys and I get along so well is because we have very similar music tastes. Um, and we're all very eclectic with our tastes. Um, Evan and Brandon both, collect records very habitually they know probably everything that i don't know about music and i sort of fill in the gaps here and there i would guess about you know um so it's a lot i think from collaborating with them and me uh, like this uh crosstalk of us and interaction and whatnot it really helps and i think a lot of the songwriting does come naturally and it's not very um, it's not abrasive whatsoever. I would say I'm not. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, because my goal, even before starting the band, well, Evan started the band, but um, being incorporated in Cold Swell, um, I really wanted to find a way to combine the kind of weird edginess and kind of morbid morbidity that uh post-punk has like the late 70s early 80s post-punk sound has yeah with the heaviness and kind of raw energy that um like grunge uh like really like indie grunge like dinosaur jr and uh 
and uh, Nirvana and whatnot have, and it kind yeah. of sort of went in a more like so far in a more like emo core, depending on, I, I hate using genre <laughs> names when it gets really deep like that, but like hum and uh sunny day real estate. And, yeah. Um, that sort of, uh, that sort of mid nineties post grunge sound, I guess. If yeah. You like, yeah, if you want to get into like dictionary terminology and all that sort of thing, but, <laughs> you know, just sort of um, heavy, but um, kind of dreary. Yeah, and that's kind of where we're at and kind of headed, but we're sort of a little bit ambiguous at times with how we are and how we describe ourselves. And I think we're headed in the right direction as far as what I want, uh, I would like to accomplish for us. I think the yeah. other guys. See, I, about on par. That's awesome. And I think that's that's something that I've mentioned a lot is I love when when bands um, kind of cross boundaries that, you know, mm-hmm. in in times past, it was like, no, you're you're this genre, you're this style, you're this style, you know, and uh, I, I love it when when bands kind of cross those boundaries and kind of say, no, we're going to we're going to make what we're feeling, you know, and I think that's cool. Oh, yeah. And I think it it helps in that process to make it feel like what you were saying, you know, you're going in the right direction. To me, the right direction is when you can listen to the music and say, man, that makes me feel that, you know, that makes me feel proud. That makes me feel excited. That makes me, you know, more excited to continue doing it. That's the stuff how, you know, oh, I'm I'm doing it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh no, no, no! I can. I was just going to say I can definitely sympathize with that. What were you going to say? <laughs> oh no, I just think I just think that that's uh, you know the sign of a a band that is is doing it right in general. Just because like I there's so many times where you know obviously the the term sellout comes up a lot because there's a lot of times where where bands will just make music that people want to hear as opposed to music that they want to write, which is a very different, I mean, it could, it could align. There's a lot of times where it does align, you know, they, they match up, but there's a lot of times where they don't match up and it's, it's kind of hard for me to see that. I'm like, come on, like the, the band, you can tell, you know, maybe they're, they're not so proud of it. And and there's, there's an energy that comes from when they write write music that they're super proud of. And when they're just performing music that was kind of done for them in a sense, you know, yeah, where they're just sort of um, uh, cutting and pasting yeah. certain formulas and whatnot. Exactly. They feel like is going to make it, and they're just kind of just trying to fit in with the scene because they can and want to. They have this kind of head-in-the-clouds kind of idea of, oh, if we do it this way, the way everybody else is doing it, it should be fine. Yep. And I think that takes away from the art of it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it, it becomes a psychology yeah. game instead of a, a creative game. It does. It does. <laughs> and I mean, there is some very good music that has been, you know, designed in, in ways. Oh yeah. I mean, some of the best producers out there, they you know, they literally have, have studied both, the the music production side but they've also studied the the you know the numbers side of things is what i would call it the kind of the statistics side of okay there there i mean there's literally computer programs that 
you can put a song in and it can rate the song, right? It's like yeah. based upon based upon statistical data, this song will be popular and successful and this one will not. And that's like to me that takes away from the integrity of the sound at times. <laughs> it it does. Unfortunately and um yeah that's the sad part of it yeah and having being unfortunately too it's just kind of a big uh it's a small fish in a big pond sort of ordeal with being in an indie band well in in any sort of band yeah needless to say and like everybody's everybody is trying to um succeed all at once and sometimes um it can it can get political it can get yep. um sort of it can get spinal tapish sometimes too it can get pretty pretty weird yeah um, and again like trying to realize where do we want to go with this i mean we we all want to you know succeed as much as possible whatever you know your definition or our definition or whomever's definition of success is. Yeah. We'd like to go as far as we possibly can with it, but you know, as long, but if it doesn't remain enjoyable uh, holistically, you know, writing music and performing, because those are the two things all, all three of us love doing. That's awesome. Is performing and, you know, writing. Yeah. Um, once you lose that, then what exactly are you doing? Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think it's kind of the, there's, there's that, um, it's, it's almost a catch 22, right? There's, there's the, well, I can, I can make a living with music. I know I'm, I'm talented and I, someone like you, for example, I've studied mm-hmm. it. I know the process. I know what sells and what doesn't. I know, I know how to make this music popular to the masses. I know this type of lyrics that should be written. I know the type of sounds that should be produced. I know, you know what I mean? They, there's, there's that, yeah. that kind of cookie cutter mentality to it. And it's like, I could choose to rather than doing a day job and teaching lessons on the side, I could produce music that fits to the masses or I can maintain my, 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 creative aspects of why I'm doing it and still have to maintain a a day job because it's not going to pay the bills. Right. And there's that. Yeah. And, and I think honestly, I, I commend musicians who are willing to just put it out there and, and create the music that they're, that they feel proud about and the music that they put their heart and soul into, because I can enjoy that a lot more than, than someone who just puts out music because it's going to be popular. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes you can tell who that is. But, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, I'm at, I am definitely at that catch 22 right now. I, uh, upon graduating and whatnot, I love having, you know, a decent income and whatnot because not many, not many musicians do. And the problem is, I would love, it's to the point where I would love to just take time and write. Yep. And, you know, explore my creative side and be a little more expressive and get all the work done that I've been wanting to get done for years. Yeah. But at the same time, 
I've got X amount of things that I need to pay off and, yep. or, you know, just, you know, bills and, you know, adulting, yeah. if you like that <laughs> term, and, you know, just it's, it is a catch 22. It is a double-edged sword yep. because I'm working, you know, probably, you know, I'd say 50 to 60 hours a week and trying to uh, juggle that with band practice and um, go from there. And by the end of the day, I'm just, you know, totally swamped. Just yeah. And you just burnt out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, as, as much as um, you probably wouldn't call it work, band practice is a, I mean, it's work too, right? It's like playing shows. It's, it's considered work. It may be enjoyable and it may be fun, but it's also, it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's not sitting there and being able to, to kind of relax and process things. It's still, you're working on something and you're working with people to create something, which as, as much as, you know, people try to say that, you know, um, art or, or whatever, isn't an exhausting job. It's very exhausting because it takes so much to create something that wasn't there. Right. And, and I mean, the, the process of creating music as a band, I mean, for, for you guys, like, how how do you guys come together and obviously between busy schedules how do you make how do you make it work um a lot of a lot of our secret is um uh, facebook instant messenger that's <laughs> usually just how we co-respond um yeah just trying to figure out what day works for us um because the other two guys do have day jobs. Our drummer is married and, and just bought a house. So yeah, um, it it's all sorts of juggling that, you know, that big dream of wanting to be a successful musician and not having to have a day job, but, you know, having the day job in order to support, you know, having a somewhat relatively normal life. Yep. Um, you know, like this week, um, the guys and I weren't able to meet because uh, for, you know, reasons. And we're probably going to meet this this upcoming week. And sometimes that happens. Yep. Um, I'm always I try to, you know, meet as much as possible because I like to have that consistency. Yeah. Um, you know, and at, at times I do I do feel like, you know, we need to be very um progress based with a lot of this hey if we're we need to meet and we need to accomplish something yeah even if we're we can't just keep putting stuff off and whatnot but that's that sometimes feels like my role uh, at times <laughs> is a big motivator but i don't want to you know you know toot my own horn or anything <laughs> like i just you know uh, some uh, you know sometimes you know the, we're only human and we need to really perspectivize everything and realize hey we're trying to accomplish something here yeah and, you know yeah it's um, funny because because as i look back at like when i was in a well you know in a band quote unquote in high school um you know we'd get together and there'd be no objective there'd be you know it, like it's like going to you know when you work at a, at a company or at a job and and they're like, hey, we're going to have a meeting and they sit there and they just talk and talk and talk and talk. And then you you come out with the same with the same uh, um, 
key points that need to be accomplished as you had when you went into the meeting. So it was like a meeting just for meeting sake. And, uh, and that's kind of what it was for me back in high school. And looking back is like, that was pretty much useless. Like it was fun because it was basically friends just hanging out. But like when it, when it comes to where you're at, it's those, you don't have the time. You don't have the luxury of time to just kind of dink around and, and just kind of talk and shoot the breeze or just kind of, you know, twiddle your thumbs and play the, play a little bit of instruments. Like it's gotta be something productive. Right. And that's, that's probably pretty difficult to maintain. (laughs) It, it it is, but it isn't. We, it's more of a matter of time for us. Sure. Um, Just making the time. That's, I think the biggest weakness in this situation is just us all um, making the time to do that. We always, we always have objectives that we need to accomplish at a practice. Um, we always come up with those beforehand and sometimes we don't necessarily get to them because there's other things that, um, can be more pressing and there's X amount of things, especially with, um, making this album that we've been working on for the past, Oh, what is it? Two and a half years at least. Um, and it's finally underway, um, (laughs) but it's just having to coordinate, coordinate and, you know, do other things here and there. Hey, do we, uh, do we want to play this show this night or can we? And it's like, uh, we, uh, I'm, I'm actually busy that night or we can, but you know, it, may not it may not be beneficial to us because the bands may not gel with us or yeah. you know that sort of thing not that that's much of an issue for me because you know it's interesting having some some weird diversity or some curveball and <laughs> at a show but, yeah for sure you know like having a having a rapper open up for a pop punk band or something like that i've seen that it was well i mean interesting but yeah i mean yeah. uh just thinking of that i, I mentioned blink 82 earlier but they're literally doing a north american tour with Lil wayne so oh. huh. <laughs> so it's literally a, a a full tour of the of the u.s and, and canada and is Lil Wayne and Blink-182. So, so when you mentioned, you know, uh, a, a rapper opening up for a, a punk rock, a pop punk band, I was like, well, that's a, that's a prime example right there. <laughs> yeah, that really is. Oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess for, for you, like when you guys are going through the writing process, you said it's been two and a half years in the making for this new album that's coming out. Um, what's the, what's kind of like the writing process that you guys employ? Is it that, you know, that you guys, um, are, are bringing your separate pieces to these band, to these band meetings and like to these practices and saying, here's what I've come up with. Let's build on it. Or is it like, here's a finished product that I just want a few little tweaks to how, how does that process work for you guys? Um, actually we use both those processes. Awesome. To say. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I am. I'm the one that is very um very particular about how everything should sound and i need to piece everything together how i had heard it and wrote it yeah and whatnot i'm in a very like kind of like how stanley kubrick if you're familiar with him how he used to work okay but a little less uh a little less aggressive, but I'm very, very particular, very retentive as far as that's concerned. But you're very structured. It it just sounds like it's a very, it's a very linear process. I'm getting it. It's gotta just, it's gotta be this way. This is the, this is the way. Yeah. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, that's that's kind of my uh, one of my biggest flaws with the band. Sometimes it's like, but I'm I'm hearing this way, but no, I I want this way, guys. This is yeah. how it should sound. This is this is my this is my love child. I want it to sound this way. See, um, that's that's so funny to me because a lot of maybe not a lot, maybe it's just the the perception that society puts on to creatives and and uh, you know artists in general is is that they that they're very much like hey i have this great idea and a lot of you know a lot of people when when like i said when society talks about about creatives and and artists it's well here's what they had in mind but they took a lot of different routes and they they had a end product that was different but they're even more proud of it and so it's kind of you know like it it may it may be counterintuitive but it, it may just be like you're, you're probably honestly part of the majority. I don't even know. Um, but, uh, I think that's interesting that you, that you're very clear about, no, I have this in my mind. Nothing's going to change it. We're going to make it happen. That's, that's a, a different approach than, than a lot of people I've spoken to. Yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes things will deviate, but I like to have minimal deviation whenever I'm doing something because I've, my, my personal songwriting process is me being, just kind of hanging out my out in my room, yeah. Uh, working with my pedal board that has a uh, looper on it, and figuring out different parts of songs. And I'm just you know working out a riff or something like that on either guitar or bass. I'm like, oh, I like that. I'll figure out something else that goes along with that. And I yeah. just kind of work out each part: a chorus, a verse, a bridge, that sort of thing. And you know, um, but then there's um, Evan and Brandon who um, just, you know, bring stuff to the table. Um, Evan might have a guitar riff that he's been working on, and uh, he'll have the song structure in mind, no problem. Um, And then I just sort of figure out a bass line on top of that, and he has no problem with that, whatever I come up with, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he, He is actually a very good drummer as well and he shows uh brandon how, how the drum parts should go and whatnot that's cool um, yeah so and then brandon uh actually contributed uh the first song on the album that's coming out and uh, again it's brilliant and it's not quite like anything uh anything that the uh, that either evan or i write um which again i'm trying to really encourage brandon to write more because he's and having that, uh, I guess, trifecta of talent. I suppose. Yeah. No, I think um, it's, I think it's a yeah. big, I think it's a big thing to have. I, I, I love it when, when there's contributions from a lot of people in the band, cause it does provide, like you were saying, you know, a song that hadn't ever been done before. And it's something that you can still be super proud of and love what you created but it may not have been something that naturally would have come to you or Evan, right? It's, it's now coming because, because of that extra contribution. And I think that's so fun. I think that's one of the coolest things about, about like bands like yours, where you're all working collaboratively and, and it's, it's a very, uh, you know, um, joined process where you guys are all helping each other. And I think that's rad. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, my biggest fear for um, as being a composer or any sort of songwriter or whatever is, you know, growing stagnant with 
one's sound and writing style and all that sort of thing. I think, yep. you know, even if you go in a completely different direction, like, you know, Radiohead did with Kid A or something like that is the yep. big example. I mean, doing something, you know, that's a little off the beaten path and that isn't quite getting out of your, you know, own headspace, I think can be pretty healthy. I um, agree. Yeah, like, again, I'm hearing certain bands where you cannot really differentiate uh, differentiate one song from the next yep. kind of is what deters me from listening to certain types of music at times. Yeah. Um, or really like certain bands, you know, I'm not going to really name any out, but it, it's just, okay. I think I heard that. That's basically a variation of that phrase or that riff <laughs> Yeah. from that song. And it's like, wait why oh that's probably why you've got the same person writing every song on every album or something like that <laughs> yeah you know um again i i don't really want that to ever happen to us um because i like having sort of a i like a song each individual song to have kind of its own identity yeah and yeah. and kind of looking at at that i this is something that always always uh intrigues me is as as you are are very passionate about having each song have its own individual identity how do you make that flow for an album um it's a lot about kind of like telling a story um now you know uh, you have to consider what medium you're going to issue the album on first um because you're kind of if you're uh, releasing it, uh, we're releasing ours via um, vinyl and cassette as well as down, uh, MP3 download. So those release. are, yeah. So those are very much yeah. so listen through. There's no skipping. There's no, there, it's a very much a fluid process, almost like a, a river flowing. You have to, you start at the top and you go to the bottom basically. Exactly. And that's honestly how I listen to music whenever I try to listen to an album. I'm glad because um, I do too. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so making an album, even when we were releasing our EPs, how do we make this flow as if we're telling some sort of story? Yeah. Um, how do we have a good introduction? Um, and when you get to the end of the A side, it sort of has some sort of resolution, but it, it ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Yep. Cause obviously then, it's going to flip sides. Yeah. That's and cool. Then where do you go from there? Yeah. Like, yeah, just, it's, it's all about telling a story and I've always, um, both, uh, well, all three of us were like, okay, we need to have this album kind of go all together. There shouldn't be quite a, um, cut in between any of the songs so we made sure of that just not that it's a concept album per se but we just like it to be kind of its own full product so you can listen to it yep uh, uh listen to it in full that's awesome um yeah, yeah. so um I've, I've mentioned this band a gajillion times on my podcast i even interviewed the lead singer um but may is uh I don't know if you've ever heard of them or listened to their music, but uh, sounds like it'd be a band that that you would 
really enjoy stylistically as well as just you know the the overall like everything that they that they contribute right so so the band it, they're all about the uh the full experience right so they're more than just like for them it's more than just the music it's the the, the band stands for multi multi-sensory aesthetic experience and so like mm-hmm. i went and i went and i saw them perform live and they literally had done a um a vr um experience that you'd pull up on your phone and when they introduced the band and like and started their music the the vr experience went along with it and it was very much oh, that wow. journey and it was really really cool and they did that whole thing with their brand new album and uh, it just sounds like something that you would probably appreciate and uh, and an, another you know kind of um, potential uh, you know arrow in your quiver of of kind of concepts and and ideas and things because uh, um, I honestly I'm really excited for for what you just said because to me that experience makes or breaks the the album I I can still enjoy a lot of songs on an album. But if I can't mm-hmm. really feel a cohesive nature to an album, it's hard for me to go back and listen again. Yeah. And so I'm really excited, by the way. <laughs> but uh, oh, but no, you. I just I just think that's I think that's really cool that you guys put that thought into it, because that honestly, to me, shows there's there's more to the album than just the initial kind of what you see is what you get type thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely not like uh, like that. And the idea of, um, you know, VR would be very cool. And I could definitely see more bands doing that in the future. And that's great that May is um, investing in that. That's definitely a good milestone for, for entertainment in general. Yeah, yeah, um, it was really cool. Like apparently a pre they did a pre-release show for their album. And they did it at a uh, planetarium where they did the whole experience up on the oh wow up on the planetarium screens and stuff. So I was like, man, that would have been really cool to go to. <laughs> <sighs> wow, that is ooh, that's cool. Yeah, like that would be honestly something. There would be potential for that because our graphic designer happens who happens to be my brother actually. Uh, awesome. Is, studying um studying uh game design so oh, he's fantastic. learning how to um yeah he's learning how to um uh, you know use cgi and use uh texture mapping and all that sort of thing it's nothing i know too much about myself i'm a very light gamer and yeah whatnot but um it it's a pleasure having him you know work uh, collaborate with us because yeah. he's he's able to you know just work diligently and give us very good art concepts and all that sort of thing um and it's funny because we're getting my brother involved and then evan and brandon are both brothers so oh really that's uh, awesome (laughs) yeah that's fantastic i love i love it when it keeps it close to the vest like that that's awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's really rad so i uh just as we as we close out I always love mm-hmm. to end with just kind of like a, a fun, random question, kind of spitball here. So uh, first question here is, as we're finishing up, what is your favorite movie of all time? 
Oh boy. Um, favorite movie of all time. Um, I would say, I would say Blade Runner, Blade Runner, the final cut. Okay. Yeah. I know they did like six different versions. (laughs) Yeah. So the final cut, is that the one after the original director died? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I I just know they've done a ton of different versions of it. Yeah. Whichever one, you know, is the most uh, cliffhanger. I'm I'm sure it's just the final director's cut. Um, I can never remember when it came out, but honestly, visually and um, I mean, it's got a wonderful soundtrack. Yeah. It's and I'm a huge fan of Harrison Ford. Yeah. Super cool, man. Harrison Ford's so rad. (laughs) Yeah. Like that. That would probably be, yeah, that would be my favorite movie. What about yours? <laughs> oh man, it's uh, mine is mine's kind of a cop out. I'm a huge Star Wars guy. Um, mm-hmm. Like to me, everyone who who says that Star Wars is dead or that Star Wars has lost its appeal, they can all just go and eat their words because I love Star Wars. It can do no wrong in my eyes. But um, I actually. It would probably be a new hope. And then honestly, Rogue One follows up close second for me because those those movies are are my my jam. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it kind of feels like a cop out because everyone loves Star Wars, but I'm I'm no, that's, ridiculously obsessed with Star Wars. It's it's pro- it's a problem. <laughs> that, that, that's OK. That's OK. And uh, I, I love Star Wars myself. Yeah. Good. Well, I mean, it, I, I honestly like one of my one of my good friends. He's like, nah, Star Wars sucks. And I'm like, well, we can still be friends, but I will never let you talk about Star Wars ever again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, second question, what is mm-hmm. the the coolest or best or just most enjoyable? Honestly, it could all be the same concert between all those. But uh, your, your favorite or, or best concert you've ever been to. Oh, let's see. Um, wow. Best concert I've ever. have to really think. Um, hmm. I think, um, I'm probably going to double back on this for whatever reason. <laughs> Um, just because I really have to think back. No, it's, it's, um, there's a lot to it. I, I, it's kind of a loaded question. Cause obviously there's a lot to a concert. There's the, the music, obviously the quality of the sound, the, the quality mm-hmm. of the bands that played, you know, for me, like my favorite band is Anne Berlin and there have been concerts where it was really great and concerts where it was still good, but the other bands kind of made it less enjoyable. And so. And then there's just the overall experience of, of, you know, them entering and, and kind of like the, the, I don't know, the, I don't know what the right word is in my head, but kind of the, the, the magic of it all, right. Just the whole experience, the, the whole entire thing. So I, uh, I, it's kind of a, a hard question for me, but I ask other people because I always love to hear the answers. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, th- oh, go on. Oh, sorry. No, I, I, I 
Oh, what were, oh, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just saying, <laughs> I interrupted you. no, no, you're good. I was just going to say you were going to double back on that one. So I'll kind of let you think about that one. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, a thing that I really enjoy is a lot of books or a lot of, um, you know, literature in general. So uh, do you have a favorite book or a series of books? Um, let's see. I have, I am surrounded by books at the moment. <laughs> I, I hoard them. And again, the worst thing about my current life situation is that I have no time to read them. <laughs> That's a, it's um, hard, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, audible, up, audible has saved my life that way. Dude, I would love to, you know, just, that that's something I need to invest in is just audiobooks. That yeah. would be it's it's one of those things where it's like I have the physical book, but I just am not going I, I know myself I'm not gonna sit down and read it. But I know mm-hmm. that while I'm driving or while I'm at the gym working out or while I'm um you know, just kinda thinking about something, I can or doing the dishes even like from you know, things like that, I can just turn on an audiobook and that's when I that's when I listen. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up, uh, growing up, my favorite book series as a kid was definitely a series of unfortunate events. Oh, awesome. My wife loves those ones. Oh, yeah. And, you know, nowadays, um, let's see the one of the last one of the last books I read that I really um, that I really enjoyed was um let's see it was probably um oh let's see the last book i read was um inside new order um substance inside new order by peter hook um and peter hook is what who got me started on playing bass oh okay cool yeah, the yeah, bassist of Joy Division New Order and reading a lot of his work um has kind of taught me how to go about a band situation, all the do's and don'ts of running a band because again Joy Division and New Order, I mean their entity has been around for like 43 years. Oh, I was going to say 30 something. So that's, that's more than I thought. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Like, and and just learning, uh, my thing is just learning from other people's mistakes and, you know, big time uh, whatnot. Um, and just seeing where things, uh, go from there. That's awesome. And being able to like foretell, uh, or, you know, predict what's going to happen that's in awesome, a situation man. that you're in you know it's helped i think it's helped me with you know doing whatever i need to accomplish with cold swell yeah that's super yeah. cool i love that yeah so we're gonna um, we're gonna double back what's uh what's yeah. the favorite concert <laughs> um i would say going to um this small venue in Cleveland on the west side uh called called Now That's Class and the show was a synth pop like gothic synth pop group called Black Marble. Interesting. Yes, they they were 
excellent. Um, it's a just a two piece, um, and they were kind of they. I started listening to them when they first came out in 2012, and have been following them ever since. Got to see them two years ago, and uh, it was it was wonderful. Um, and it, it was funny because our mastering engineer actually opened for them before we oh, that's actually cool, knew our mastering engineer. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, just you know, a bunch of uh, a bunch of people dressed in black, you know, dancing to <laughs> synth pop and bass guitar and. That's, that's my thing. That's I cool, mean, man. That's fun. Yeah. That's, that's super fun. I love, there's just, there's a lot to the experience. That's, uh, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, yeah. as we close, is there, uh, is there anything else that you'd, that you'd like to, to mention? You know, I wouldn't, I would be doing, uh, my band a disservice if I didn't mention the album, um, Void Calls which comes out June 21st on vinyl and cassette and <laughs> digital download. Awesome. So, man. Yeah. Super pumped. And you guys can. Yep. Me too. You guys can pre-order it online and we'll figure everything else out from there. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome, man. When it, uh, what I'll do is I will, I will post the link to the pre-order, but then once it goes live, I'll post the, uh, the link to listen to it digitally if people want to do it that way instead. So cool. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time. It was an absolute pleasure and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun getting to know you, dude.